Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Outspoken with White and Jordan. Hard-edged, hard-nosed, hard to beat. Where are you coming from in this one? Your 100% essential download. Jim White and Simon Jordan. You let this get out of control. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. Thanks for listening to Outspoken with White and Jordan. I'm Sam Matterface, and today myself and Martin Keown asked if Crystal Palace deserve more criticism for their handling of the Roy Hodgson situation. Meanwhile, after another outstanding start to the season, Rio Ferdinand has hit back at claims that Bakayo Saka is world-class. But what does the former gunner Martin Keown think? We ask him. Plus, there was time to preview this weekend's clash between Manchester City and Chelsea with two of the league's top playmakers, Cole Palmer and Phil Foden, in action. It's Outspoken with White and Jordan. Quite a troubling story coming out of Crystal Palace yesterday. Back page of the Sun this morning says chaos at the Palace. Uh, Roy collapses. Exit was about to be confirmed. Successor Glasner waiting in the wings. Back page of the Daily Mail this morning. Roy Hospital dash. Um, it says Palace players distressed as Hodgson taken ill in training. As we understand it, and as was widely reported elsewhere, Oliver Glasner expected to become the new Crystal Palace manager, replacing Roy Hodgson. But the timeline certainly has been clouded, um, maybe accelerated because of events yesterday. Uh, Palace set to move Hodgson on earlier in the week after a run of just four wins in 18 league matches, a run that has seen them drop towards the relegation zone. But yesterday, during a training session, Roy suffered a medical incident and was taken to hospital. It was the second time this season that uh, he has suffered an event like this. And now the prospect of changing manager at this time the deal for which we understand had already been done looks as if it will be completed with Roy moving aside on medical grounds now firstly our best wishes have to go to Roy um, and we have heard actually that he is up and about and talking to people which is good news and was very soon afterwards and felt okay uh, later in yesterday's afternoon uh, but how do you think this has all been handled because it leaked to the media on Wednesday night that they were about to make a change and then Thursday there was this incident mm-hmm. and all of a sudden we're in a little bit of limbo with Crystal Palace. We are and uh, firstly I mean, if you, we have to say that Roy is almost a national treasure now because of um, the time he's been around. You look at what he did, he's done for his career, six decades he's been a manager, four different countries, four national team manager jobs. Um, he speaks like four or five different languages. This is one of our finest ever managers. And so I can understand that it was a sincere appointment that they felt that Roy Stiller had it in him to take on this this job. And I, I think maybe we're kind of seeing, maybe not in hindsight, because I remember saying at the time, I was concerned that... 
perhaps you know we were taking advantage a little bit of Roy because of his enthusiasm. A youth, he was a youth team player at, at, at Spurs at Palace many many years ago. Didn't make the grade, and he had to go on his travels across the continents to get a reputation. In fact, his Malmo team played against Brian Clough's team in the uh, European Cup all those years ago. Mm. So this is a, a top, top manager over many years. And I just feel the stress now is, has perhaps got to him a little bit too much. Um, if you look at the record, Patrick Vieira sacked after no win in 12. This is two wins in 15. So obviously Steve Parrish is a numbers man. Um, they've been concerned uh, about the uh, lack of results recently. Um, and it looks as if Roy was about to, to step aside and probably the stress of that. This is, um, you talked here about, you know, just earlier you were saying about the average age now is going up for for players. Uh, it seems to be for managers. But there maybe comes a point when, you know, what is he, 76 years of age 76. now? 76. I think Roy was starting to look like, yes, he wanted to be on a beach. You talked about getting, you know, every sinew out of this team was like an old piano that he was trying to get a tune out of and, and he couldn't. Um, and I think maybe now he should be given the time to step away. Well, I still think Palace will be okay, but I understand what Steve Parrish wanted. I think he had a difficult dilemma as to, you know, should he not, should he stay or should he go? And I think maybe at the end of last season, once he secured their Premier League status, he should have gone. Well, it's interesting, isn't it? Because well, first of all, none of us are medical experts. We don't know whether or not any of these incidents that has happened to, to Roy Hodgson has been caused by any sort of uh, stress. We, do, we don't know if that's the case or it's something completely unrelated. We, we haven't got any information about that. We can only just assume. And, and that's dangerous sometimes in these circumstances. But in terms of the way that Crystal Palace have handled it, I wonder whether or not it's just an example of how the club has been run in recent times and what you think about that. Because over recent weeks, we have seen the crowd at Selhurst Park, and whenever they have been on their travels, it happened at the Emirates as well, quite famously, uh, the, the travelling supporters have accused the leadership of being weak, taking the club backwards. Roy Hodgson, and listen, we have butted heads this season over uh, certain interviews. I'm not the only one that he's glared at during an interview this season as he's become a little bit tetchier and a little bit more frustrated, not only with the performances and the results, but with the way the game is going. He's got a particular bugbear at this moment in time, and he won't mind me sharing this, with the, the, the changes to the laws on handball, the changes to the way that um, assistant managers can behave in the technical area and the interference of the VAR, which he is not happy with at this moment in time. He believes that it, the game's being second referee, but that's a different issue. But he has got really frustrated with that as well, this campaign. I don't think Palace should have bought him back this season um, because his legacy was complete, as you say, at the end of last campaign where he had helped them survive in the Premier League. And really, the club shouldn't have put him in this position, should they? The thing is, is that it, it, it looks from the outside as, a, as an element of a lack of ambition. Now, I know that everyone will say, oh, financial fair play and look at the problems other teams had and it's a well-run ship and we should look at it and say, you know, a number of years now, is it 10 years? In, in, 11 seasons in, in the 11 Premier season, League. The Premier League. An awful lot of teams would be pretty proud of that. Um, we never see, you know, no talk, well, there's talk of developing the ground, but that's a bit slow to, to, to happen. Um, now, I thought when Patrick came in, there was a lot of change. Gay comes into the defence, Anderson, uh, Elise arrived at the football club and they don't seem to have, have built upon that. And it was a bit like Dad's Army before that. The oldest Premier League team in the, pre uh, in the Premier League, average age, obviously a manager that they then, st who stepped down to quite a fanfare and we thought that was it. And then Roy is being asked back again. I felt it was just too much and the club needs to go. I know it's a safe pair of hands, but it's been a dangerous game to play. 
And I think now is a time to... Re- the next manager there has to be. It's Martin, vital to get I this got right. why they brought him back at the end of last season. They wanted to... I mean, listen, I didn't th- I didn't agree with the change. I knew that I could see on paper, and so could you and everybody else, that Crystal Palace were going to be absolutely fine at the end of the last campaign. I know Crystal Palace fans will tell you, and rightly so, they pay their money. They are the ones that see the team week in, week out. They will tell you at the end of last season, with Patrick going through that run of terrible results, that the football wasn't good enough and there was no way out of it. The Eze wasn't playing at that moment in time. Hodgson came in, had a run of winnable fixtures, which they did end up picking up loads of points in. They stayed up. That should have been it. Because in the summer, they had the opportunity to appoint any number of managers, but they went back to Roy Hodgson. They did so on the 4th of July. So it wasn't as e- it wasn't even as if that that was their plan from when they brought him in at the end of last campaign to see them through that difficult period. They could have considered somebody else. Gary O'Neill was available during the course of that summer. Uh, Oliver Glasner, who now is linked with the the uh, the position and is expected to take over as the manager, was free and able to take over at that juncture as well. He was out of work after leaving Eintracht Frankfurt in May 2023. So it just you just worry about what is going on in the boardroom at Crystal I think Palace. I think is there, there a power struggle I think struggle Steve here? Parrish really is failing. Is there paralysed I think when he gets young, making? I think he's had a couple of young managers in there that he hasn't really felt of the kind of the real deal. And he wants somebody in there with that ex- experience. Uh, of course, now he's going with this Oliver Glasner is. I don't know how experienced he is. It has to be a gut instinct. But that's what you're there for. You're there to make these calculated decisions. Well, this is the guy who's won the Europa League with uh, Eintracht Frankfurt. He did so recently, previously managed Wolfsburg. Well, you know, it, it comes with a decent CV, but he's not managing the Premier League, is he? So, we, we, you know, it is a, there's an element of a gamble there, and they've not wanted to take that. But it was obviously, in the end, it looked as if it was just about to happen. And it's just probably the way that the stress of it all, Roy being asked to maybe speak to the press and, you know, after that session, uh, it's all become too much for him. So, so now Roy needs, needs protecting. And Palace need to get some points on the board and start picking up because um, there's, there's a, it's a bit of a crisis there is, right Is now. it disrespectful the way they've treated Roy Hodgson? No, because, look, Roy's not doing anything he doesn't want to do. He loves the job, doesn't he? It's just that he has to be protected from himself. But you knew, and we all knew, that there was a possibility that you could damage the guy's legacy if you brought him back this year and asked him I don't him think to he's do done job. that. I don't think he's done that. I think it's more about health reasons. Okay, you know, but they I haven't was, handled... Was, his, all right, the, 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 the departure this week hasn't been handled in the right way, has it? <clears throat> look, they, they, they have not acted quick enough. That's as simple as that. They should have got this manager in much sooner to protect Roy and to protect the position that they're in. And they've gone, what, is it two get two wins in 15? Mm. That is really kind of worrying at the moment. And they're shipping goals for fun. Your 100% essential download. Outspoken with White and Jordan. Bakaya Saka became the youngest player in Arsenal's Premier League era to hit the 50-goal mark last weekend. Um, but do you have to be careful about burnout? Um, because his numbers for the season now stand at 13 goals and 12 assists in 31 games in all competitions. Um, but uh, last season, Mikel Arteta was criticised for overusing him, Martin. Does he have to be judicious with the way that he uses him between now and the end of the season? Or has Bukayo Saka got to become more robust and learn to play this level of game. Well, first of all, let's just return to our uh, recent chat that we had. You got a rollicking during the break because you said to me, you volunteered (laughs) for one. And I said, look, I was trying to build some really good arguments and um, they would have been that, it was better, my messaging could have been clearer if you'd have allowed me to finish. You had some good responses, but obviously next time we get into that dilemma, that sort of uh, argument, we'll we'll do it differently. Why don't you make your argument now? What's the situation with Bakayo Saka? I, I'm I'm a big fan. And what would I'm you do a, with I'm him? I'm actually proud of what he's doing actually at Arsenal, and he's such a young man already, a, a great role model. 
Um, I, th- I do feel they have to be careful. I think they can take him off in games, um, but he's strong. He's tough as teak. You know, he's he's playing game after game. Um, there's had a nice little rest since that 6-0 win at, at, at the weekend. Fantastic performance from Arsenal, which we would not had a chance to talk about, nor we had a chance to talk about the week before that because Simon didn't really want to talk about uh, Liverpool and Arsenal because he was putting Arsenal away and Arsenal keep coming back. Another tough weekend for them. You could say at Burnley this weekend because... Maybe the problem with you making your arguments is you don't stay on track. We're no. talking about Bakayo Saka. Yes, but I'm, I'm, I'm giving you information yeah, at a it. very high level and you need to appreciate that. <laughs> so... I think um, I do think he's a um, top-class player, whether he's world-class. I do think he is ahead of Foden. I think that Foden, at the moment, is playing incredible football, but I'd play Saka on the right-hand side for England. He's been the England player of the year for the last two seasons. Bellingham is there, now coming no, up There's no doubt on about the fact that Saka is going to play on the right-hand side for England. Well, is maybe, there? I mean, well, Foden probably will start on the left-hand side, the way things are going at this moment in time with Jack Grealish not getting minutes. I don't think minutes. it suits his game to play on the left. I think Grealish will be given, afforded maybe that extra licence. I can see him playing a major part for City. The 11 that they picked the other night, Man City, um, looked to me to be almost their strongest uh, 11. I think only a Kanjay could could maybe come into that group. Uh, everybody else, it's purring. You've got Haaland down the middle as the as the player who can do the stuff. So Saka um, is in that company. He's, it's a fantastic prospect looking ahead to the summer for what's available for Gareth Southgate. You don't really think that Grealish at this moment in time is going to be ahead of Foden in the starting lineup, though, because he's hardly played for Manchester well, City. He's I, now I, picked up an injury. In having, having a vision, having a team plan and a structure, um, I think Grealish eventually, I think that was his... It's unfortunate he's got injured because I think that was the manager opening the door for him for the second half of the season now. Mm. Uh, Pep was like, OK, let's bring Jack back into the fold. He's had a month out on the sidelines. Um, it's not looked quite right. And he unfortunately got injured. So that's not good news for Gareth Southgate. But Let's go back to Saka, though, because you said he's in that company. Um, mm. But what company is he in? Because Rio Ferdinand was talking this week and suggested that he's not world-class. This is what he said. Saka, surely now you can call a boy world-class. Because he's having a season he's not having, yet, right? Not yet, not yet. He's, he's, he's... Listen, I think Saka's been unreal... I actually think he needs a bit of a rest in that, in that team. He's so Agreed. many games for a young kid. But I think it's that almost like what is world class? He, he ain't done it in Champions League. Well, he's, he? he's doing as much as he can. No, but he ain't. No, no, I'm talking like in, the, in, the, in the nitty but gritty we're, stages. We're, we're, group we're, stages. No, no, I've, no, I've seen people hot up. I've seen people hot up the group stages so, and never make it to knockout. This is his first season. Be seen in the knockout. Back in the Champions League, no, though, properly. But that's what I'm saying. So until you do it, it's very difficult for someone to go, oh, you know what, actually. Or he's, or, he's, or he's the one taking that team by the scruff of the neck all the time. And like, like people sit here now and go, oh, Jude Bellingham, is he, is he, is he world class? He's gone to, he's gone no, to, to, to Real Madrid, the Bernabeu, and said, guys, get on my back. I'm taking you. Let's go. Uh, Rio Ferdinand speaking on his Vibe with Vibe podcast. Uh, 210 appearances for Arsenal. Saka's got 51 goals, provided 49 assists, which is a better return uh, than Cristiano Ronaldo after the same number of games in the Premier League. What do you think about what Rio has said about... Well, uh, he's a friend of yours, Rio. What, yeah, what, what did mean, he say about Of course, Saka I respect here? everything he's saying there, but you know, we've had many players over the years, he's one included, um, that have won Champions Leagues. Um, and have never really gone on to do the same thing for England because we've not been successful since 66. No, Rio was great for England. Uh, yes, but we didn't win anything. So are we saying that he's not truly world-class because he didn't really win anything for England, you know? 
That's not what he was saying. He was saying that he hasn't done it yet in the Champions League, well, Bukayo Saka. Yeah, but I think maybe maybe the Saka could do it this summer. Maybe this could be the moment for him. Maybe not in an Arsenal shirt this, this time round. Um, I think they're competing in the Champions League. I don't see Arsenal winning it. But maybe the best chance Saka has this year to win a trophy is in, is in the Euros in the summer. And then does that... Are we then going to say that he's world-class? So what's your opinion? Well, I think he's a top, uh, a top player. There's no doubt about so that. So you don't think he's world-class either? I just feel that he's been at Arsenal at a time when, um, you know, he was coming into the team in the Europa League. That's where he cut his teeth. The same with Martinelli. And they've sort of grown through. They're still now the two main players. If you look at Zinchenko and Jesus, who took over a little bit last year, now they're, they're not featuring. Neither of those players are featuring, but those two are. And Saka's in there. And, I, and he's top quality. Let me tell you, he, he can go right to the top. I don't think, it, you know, at the end of his career is when we should be talking about was he a great player? Was he world class? I don't think, it, I think it's far too soon for that. It's all in front of him. He's, uh, he's I, a brilliant character as well as being a brilliant footballer. His numbers are higher than those. Of Rashford, Sane, Hyung Min Son. Um, he's. Probably provide. I think he has provided nearly forty percent more goals and assists than Raheem Sterling, having played one more game fewer than the former Liverpool and Manchester City man. He is a real talent, isn't he? And he's also off the field a very humble guy, very intelligent boy, by the way, as well. He did excellent in his uh, exams when he was a kid. He was very studious, even when he was supposed to be playing in the England under seventeens team. He was uh, off studying for his GCSEs during that period as well. And they were playing. He wants to keep learning, doesn't he? That's what I like about him, and he keeps his feet firmly on the ground. The, the sky is the limit for him. How do they get on this weekend um, against Burnley away from home? Because they've responded well to losing three games in a row. Four wins on a bounce now, 16 goals scored. You would expect more of the same tomorrow, wouldn't you? Yeah, I mean, you, you don't want to be as a scout for Burnley. I can't really see it. Burnley home record is the worst in the Premier League. Um, Arsenal, what are they, second in the away league table? Um, so it should, be, it should be a good afternoon, but you don't take it for granted. But the seven days they've had to prepare for a game would be very rare. And usually when the manager has that amount of time together with a the group, they come back much better, as they did, didn't they, with that winter break. Arsenal have been quite magnificent since then. They can't stop scoring goals, certainly from set pieces. I thought Declan Rice last week, by the way. Terrific. Going back to his old club... That level of pressure, two assists and a goal. Um, Those two centre-halves played well as well. Yeah. Uh, well, I've always been a fan of Saliba, Gabriel. They're tough, strong. They do the basics very, very well. Uh, the goalkeeper now, I think, Raya's is starting now to, to play the, the creative pa passes that we expected to see at the beginning. Um, Jesus being out is a concern. And so is um, Zinchenko. Um, and Kiwi also centre-half playing left-back. Um, ben White's a centre-half player, sorry, playing uh, left-back Kivial. So there's issues. It's a thin squad. I think he's made the, the fewest number of changes in the Premier League next to Luton. So Arsenal are doing it, actually, with fewer players than anybody else. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. 
Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Download, stand well back, listen. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. It's Talk Sport and it's Sam Matterface and Martin Keown. We're here through to one o'clock this afternoon. Let's uh, speak to uh, Cole Palmer. Let's hear from Cole Palmer uh, because he returns to the Etihad for the first time since his £42 million move uh, to Chelsea. Will City feeling any regrets? He certainly won't be. He's looking forward to it. Yeah, I'm very excited to be fair. It'll be... It'll be strange. Obviously, playing uh, the, playing at Sanford Bridge, but it's, I think yeah. going back to the Etihad will be will be even even stranger. But yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, Twelve goals and nine assists from 28 appearances at Chelsea, including uh, two more on Monday night in the game against Crystal Palace. He helped turn the tide with Conor Gallagher when Chelsea was struggling to get going. Um, why, why do you think he might have regrets? You were sitting there in that little piece there, going, "He's got regrets." Of course he has. Well, of course you do. Why? Because when you the, the dream had to have been, didn't it, to be in that Man City team? That was what he set out to do. He decided he came, to leave, though. He came through the ranks. That was top of the list. He wanted a breakthrough. That was the dream to do so. He did that. Let's not forget he scored a, a, a goal in the Super Cup final. He scored a goal in the in the Community Shield final. Everything was looking fantastic for him. So, you know, when he finishes his career, I hope he's made the right call. But for now, you can't question his ability. You can't press question the quality that he has. Um, I'm pretty certain Man City would have found a way to, to get something from him. But when you see Foden now doing what he's doing, no one can, can say he's made the wrong call. But I just feel deep down... That was what he wanted. He wanted to be a Mountain City player following in the footsteps of those great players that have been there now for the best part of 10 years. Why do you have to look back? Why can't you just look forward and think he's done a great job and he's excelled I'm and just probably accelerated I'm his just career. explaining to you maybe how I would have thought. I left Arsenal Football Club at a very young age and it didn't really work out. Um, of course, it did when I went back. Um, so he took a gamble and Chelsea is not... I don't think there it's would you say when you look at the the comings and goings from that football club yeah. uh, the uncertainty there yeah. the instability he's, he's been put, he's been he's one put, constant yes and somehow he's managed to rise to the very top well and can you imagine what he would be able to do once they stabilise the ship and they get fo- firing on full cylinders yeah but imagine what he could have done if he'd have stayed at City well I he mean, had I, been at City but Pep's not stupid he would have used him at some point so okay. the, the quality eventually rises to the surface doesn't but, it but, but, but how do you know that he would have got in the team one of the reasons he wanted to leave was because he, was he getting in wanted the team. to play getting in the team he wasn't playing week in week out he no, wanted because, to do that but it's very early in the day isn't it you know look at Foden it's taken what are we now four or five years of watching Foden and we've now realised you can't that. question him for having ambition and wanting to play on a week to week basis he no, no, felt he should I, be a superstar in the Premier League I, he thought I'm, he should be the fulcrum of a team he's now doing that in, in an ideal world for me I think when a player comes through the ranks at a football club you just don't want to lose him and this financial fair play now we're seeing players and 
you know, Mason Mount leaving Chelsea, he should be there. He's a Chelsea player. He's come through the ranks. Same same here with Palmer. He should be at Man City. But look, that's not happened. And I think that uh, Pochettino recognises he's got a wonderful talent. He's playing him now as a false nine. He can play uh, just off the front, which is probably, I think, if you think back to the goals he scored against Luton, weren't they magnificent goals? I thought he was better when he moved out just slightly to the right in the game against Crystal Palace. He was. In the first half he was playing as Well, the because Conor Gallagher is a player that has to play off the front. Because yeah. he's the, he is a dynamo of an energy there. He goes and presses like no other player in the Premier League. And he can sit back and now he's demonstrating he can score goals. And he's actually showing now a level of um, composure in front of goal that we've not seen from, from Conor Gallagher, well, since he's played at the top level. It's now going to... But he's been given, hasn't he, that responsibility, the armband. And Pochettino's slowly picking out who he can rely upon. The, the midfield now is starting to produce and play the way that he, he wants. But I don't see... I don't see anything other than a City win. Uh, you know, it might have to be something on the break. But the, the, I think the revelation for me is is when you look at um, De Bruyne or De Brilliant, as um, we were talking about earlier, this guy has been out injured. We with, weren't talking about that. You were just saying to me that I should bring that into well, my Well, you were a bit of a wordsmith, so I thought you'd have come up with that. And I, and, and I said, no, because it sounds rubbish. And you've been talking about it ever since. Well, he is. But is he not brilliant? Yeah, he is. But you don't have to go around calling him But you know De what brilliant. makes him even more brilliant? <laughs> Everyone what? laughed at you when you I don't said care what. that. I don't care what they said or what they did. <laughs> and I, you still I, my, eyes, my eyes do not lie. And this guy coming in, the game against Newcastle, 75 minutes comes on, goal, assist. And do you know what's interesting? I thought that he worked from a picture book, a picture book that only he could read and see. But now I'm seeing Foden reading the same picture book. And it's unbelievable to see the two of them linking for the first goal in mid midweek against Copenhagen, the, the lovely pass finish into the corner. And then the ret returning the compliment when he reverses the ball for Foden. I mean, this is top level. But Foden now, he's seeing that picture. And he's, he's, he's a helicopter view of the better, game. He operates in those tiny spaces in between the lines. He makes those movements that other players don't see. He connects the play so brilliantly. Mm. And his finishing, I thought, against Brentford was it was terrific. He's in the really. zone. Yeah. And, and, and it's the speed of everything, the touch. You know, he's like uh, receiving the ball on the back foot now. Sometimes I thought Did he used to take Did you see the game on Tuesday night? They played against Copenhagen. The yes. third goal that they scored was terrific, wasn't it? Well, that's the one I was talking about when he said, I said about how he returned the compliment for, uh, because obviously Foden set up the first goal and then De Bruyne waits and waits and waits and returns it. But the, the run from Foden is because he's reading from the same picture book. It's, it's top, top level. And it's one of those where I think actually what Pep wants is you, when top players play with other top players, it then starts to rub off on them. And you don't see this often. Because Foden, Foden is a wonderful talent, but now he knows where to move. His special, special awareness now is much, much better than when he first came to the scene. Can I ask you about Chelsea just very quickly? Do you think that they are getting better or are they still the great pretenders? Does that, can you see the green shoots of recovery or is there still that inconsistency? Because even in the game on Monday night, they were a completely different first half and second half. They were inconsistent in one game. They, they went to Aston Villa, played really well. Best game of the season. Changed one season. player for Monday night and were completely different. I do. I. I don't think they're out of the. You know, out of the woods yet in terms of their performances. Um, they did draw though, didn't they? Four four with Man City at home just a few weeks ago. Mm -hmm. uh, it might be one of those games where something could turn up for them. But it kind of like you know, this needs to be the game, doesn't it? Where everyone goes. Do you know what? They've turned the corner now. We firmly believe. We've well, got done two it. big games actually. This one this weekend, and then next weekend the Carabao Cup final, which is going to be absolutely huge live on Talksport. Yeah. Um, it's it's in there the players are starting to produce but I still feel they just don't have anyone who can put the ball away to any really regular effect at the top of their team
Uh, only side in English football yet to drop a point since Christmas are Manchester City. They won all six games up until this point. They won their last 11 in all competitions, scoring 32 goals. This is the task uh, which is uh, Chelsea's uh, to try and uh, upset this weekend. The size of the task that Chelsea are trying to, to come up against. Um, they had lost back-to-back Premier League games before they went to Selhurst Park in the top division. So their inconsistency is certainly key. And no one wins at the Etihad Stadium, do they? No. Uh, and four of those wins, actually, from the last six games, two of them have been against Palace, not to pick on Palace. So, you know, there's no real consistency there from Chelsea, but we'll see. We'll see where they You said they don't count because they're against Crystal Palace. No, I didn't say they didn't count. I said it's not, you know, let's just put it into perspective. And what's the perspective? Well, they're playing against a team that they feel they should beat. Right. And their record against uh, Palace is one of the best we've ever seen in the Premier 13 League. 13 wins in a row. It's rem- remarkable. So it, it go, gives you a le- equally. gives you a level of confidence. Your 100% essential download. Outspoken with White and Jordan. Thanks for listening to Outspoken with White and Jordan. Please leave us a five-star review on the TalkSport app or wherever you get your podcast from. Jim will be back with Graham Souness and Alan Pardew on Monday to bring you the best of the show. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly eBay gets it, so look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms.